Hey guys, welcome back to Interface. This is a monthly podcast, especially for education professionals, all about the digital world. If you're an educator, we're here to help you support the children and young people around you, so you can play a part in keeping them safe, confident and happy in all that they do online. This episode is a little bit different. It's the end of the school year. Congrats to everyone. (laughs) Pat yourself on the back for getting through it. We're looking back at what we've learned so far. We're going to be talking about what we would have liked to know when we were younger and what advice we would have given ourselves because we've kind of been on social media. Well, it wouldn't be social media, but technology since we were born oh see my parents were really strict with all the age um restrictions so I don't think I I think I think I got snapchat first but really? I don't think like I don't think yeah I remember when snapchat first started I remember everyone's like oh, have you heard about this snapchat this is before you could post a story You're, yeah it was just you could pictures. only have one line of text yeah. it was 10 seconds like I, I think mean, I got instagram when I was 13 because my parents googled it and they're like it says by law you have to be 13 see I was sneaky I was just I actually just wanted to have it because everybody else had it so I was like I didn't even tell my mom I just got the account because I think back in those days you could really like Mm. you said you didn't have to put like an age or anything you didn't have to like have passwords in that to get it downloaded it was so scarily easy (laughs) to get social media it's fascinating hearing you talk about, you know, when you first got Snapchat, when you first got Facebook as uh, someone who, you know, is a little bit older. And it might surprise people listening that I'm not in the same generation as you, obviously. But I can remember Facebook first launching <laughs> and I was already well into my adult years. But that's an important point. I think that's what I think makes today's episode so great really is that we're going to get a chance to hear from you and your experiences growing up and what what you found great about the internet but also what you found challenging and I think for 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 fellow teachers like myself who who obviously aren't part of your generation and are a bit older hearing about those experiences and and also what we can kind of do to help children and young people that we work with today to deal with the, the current experiences and challenges is a really good thing so uh, yeah really looking forward to this so Ailish, I was going to say, what's your tip or what would be some your advice to your younger self or anything that you, w- you would have liked to know when you were younger? So one thing I would have liked to know when I was younger, don't have every social media account you have public. It's such like an important one. I made the mistake of, I need to have every social media account be public. And I just didn't think about, oh, I don't know who follows me. And if they're creepy or not. I was literally like 15. I think I had my Snapchat public. Wow. And I got some random, someone was like, oh, you should marry me. And I was like, okay. I don't know who you are, how old you are. It was after that, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have such personal accounts. Things like, I think, TikTok or Instagram. It's yeah fine if it's public, as long as you're kind of like mm-hmm. watching what you post. But a lot more personal accounts like Snapchat, definitely, I think you should be cautious of. I don't even know how some people get, like, my username. Yes, it comes up as, like, either quick ad or they searched you. See, I don't like that. No, <laughs> I, I don't never like, like it Because then I'd be like, who's giving out my information? Yes. The thing is, I just didn't know how to not, like, how to make it private. Because mm. when you make the account, they're normally just 
public because yeah. and also like your birthday I didn't know they were telling yeah. my birthday yeah. they were just giving out free information I was like I had no idea it's when you sign up it's probably in the massive terms and conditions that no 13 year old will ever read mm, exactly I don't know if anyone actually reads terms and conditions now no, Gareth not. do you even read terms and conditions <laughs> for anything no no and it's my job and I still don't read terms and conditions exactly. actually they, they ran some I think it was Instagram's terms and conditions they ran through a tool to, to work out like the average reading age that you need to be able to understand it mm-hmm. and it came out as like high educated adult reading age so you literally have to be like a legal expert to, know what's going to exactly. even understand the T's and C's so yeah that's a massive issue that's really helpful Re- really helpful when you're you know obviously 12 and not reading them and just, just diving in <laughs> literally just signing up because everyone else has it I think and you definitely always want it when you're younger as well because oh, 100%. it's like oh I'm not supposed to have it I want to have it yeah because everybody else has it as well do you you think, because Ailish, you, you were saying earlier, obviously, that like you weren't allowed to have certain things until you were the correct age, i.e. 13. Mm-hmm. Do you think that works of sort of telling telling young people that they can't do it until they are 13? Or in the case of WhatsApp, technically, you shouldn't be on it till you're 16 in the T's and C's. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I won't get into the long, boring reasons for that. But do you think that actually works, kind of saying you can't do this? Or is it reverse psychology by telling a young person you can't do it, they immediately go out and do it? It does not work. I can vouch for that. My my brother, perfect example, he wanted Facebook and my parents were like, you can't have it, you're not old enough. So he just downloaded Facebook in secret. And then it was only when I think his account came up, being like, oh, people you may know. My dad saw it, was like, we said you can have it. And so they deleted his account, he just made one 10 minutes later. It really doesn't, I, I think I guilt tripped my parents. I was like, everyone has it. And like, everyone uses it to like talk to their friends. Like, it wasn't like, oh, they said I couldn't have it. So I just won't get it. Like, it was more of a, now I want it more because I'm missing out. Does it, does it not raise an interesting issue? And I've had this chat with, with teachers before in the past of, you know, the, the terms and conditions say that you have to be 13. And there's, there's legal responsibilities for Facebook and Snapchat and everyone as to why they've they've put that as 13. So they have to put it in their terms and conditions. And in their terms and conditions are things like, you know, you shouldn't post pornographic content and you shouldn't sort of, you know, commit hate crimes against people and all the rest, all the other kind of things we kind of expect to be in there. Does it get a bit tricky if you kind of say to kids, well, actually, yeah, you need to follow all those things about like not doing anything really horrible to people on the platform, but just ignore this bit about the age thing. That's okay. Mm. Is there is there like a conflict of interests there, do you think? I guess so. It's like the, was it the online safety bill? They want to bring in the age recognition for things. I know it's for like adult websites, but also I feel like they'd probably want to do it for social media as well. It will be for social media. Yeah, it will verify users. And I I just think people will find a way to get around it. Either find someone else's ID. It's, It's like social media is as hard as getting like drink now. You need to like ID under 25 and all this stuff. I don't know. It's quite, it's quite confusing because everyone just does ignore the age range thing of it. But then they really hammer home that it's the don't bully, don't do this, don't do that because you are underage and you shouldn't be like posting stuff like that on our platforms. I think young people now, especially children, like preteens now have like social media access to all this technology. They really, really need to be aware that do not send any photo that is not one you'd want public and there's like apps you can use to like save photos that don't tell you it's been screenshotted so I think teachers need to be aware of this technology every child in school will have it basically and that you need to kind of start this conversation of let's not send any incriminating photos but then also follow that up with but if you do there are plenty sites 
I think it was um, the harmful sexual behaviour episode. Who was it? Was it Victoria Green or Carmel Glassberg? So Victoria's from uh, the Mary Collins Foundation. Yeah, that was it. And Carmel's from our, our helplines. She was brilliant. She has a charity that um, deals with young people who've had, it's like harmful sexual behaviour. So I think they do reach on to things like um, nudes being sent out and how you come back from that and how it, you can lead a perfectly normal life after a horrible event like that has happened but it's there's no shame it's not like a victim blaming mentality they're like we're here to focus on the person and how to like coach them through all this and it's actually I wish that was said at schools a lot more that sort of information I think that was one thing that I've always thought was that needed to be promoted about the rules and the actual laws about stuff that happens to you if you do anything like this for example when you talk about like the nudes and stuff being sent around it's normally victim blaming you mm. you're normally like oh my gosh I shouldn't have done that can't believe I've done that not knowing that most most people that actually participating nudes are normally like 15 younger than that even and that is actually classified as child pornography but none of us knew that or like we didn't know mm-hmm. that you could actually be prosecuted for that and I think knowing that information kind of empowers them in the sense that oh you know what I could actually get justice for this instead of being shamed because I actually know in some instances schools have excluded normally it's the girl from the school because you know no she's way. a district yeah and I absolutely think it's disgusting they'll be like you know you hmm. need to just leave because you're a disruption and the people that normally spread it or you know because th- normally some people get threatened to even take these pictures mm-hmm. nothing happens to them that it just kind Mm. of as long as the girl is kind of taken out the picture and I was going to say another thing also is that when people used to take like some pictures sometimes see this would be my go to my point of giving my younger self advice sometimes people would um photoshop these pictures to make themselves look better Mm. that is something that I would have told myself when I was younger like not everything you see online is real. I used to believe like everything. Oh, same. Everything. Instagram was the worst. It was, yeah. Like, How do you look like that? I don't know anyone who looks like that. And like, you don't look real in a way, but also I kind of want to look like look that like, myself. Yeah. yeah. You tell yourself, oh, like, no, it's not real. But it's like, oh, okay, how can I look like that anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I literally look back and I was thinking, I don't understand how we kind of warped everybody's perception of what was real and what was acceptable. Because mm-hmm. I know that it just used to play play with me as well, especially like being a black girl as well. The predominant things that you'd see in the media was white skinny. That that was the standard. So I remember like, especially in my um, community, I guess, like bleaching was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. I know like in a lot of ethnic communities, bleaching was the thing to look lighter, especially, okay, cool, you can't be skinny. Okay, well, let's try and like lighten the skin to kind of fit into to this idea of, the best thing to look like. Mm-hmm. And I remember just really, really used to really used to play on me. And it was like, if my mum hadn't kind of been that type of figure to be like, you need to be okay with who you are. It definitely would have been something that would have, could have taken a wrong time. I don't know if you would have seen this Alish. on Instagram. There was a video going around of this little black girl. And I remember she literally, she was like playing with her and she just looked at herself and she's like, oh, I'm ugly. <gasps> No, I've seen that. And she was literally... And I was like, yeah. oh. I was, it was like, what's going on? Like, she was doing her hair. She looked so pretty, so cute. And she just looked at her. And the girl, the woman was like, oh my gosh, she looks so pretty. And she just looked at her. And she was like, I just look so ugly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever heard, um, Gareth, I don't know if you've ever heard children kind of say things where you're like, oh, you shouldn't feel that about yourself because they've seen certain things. Or how do you handle that if that's ever happened? 
Yeah, well, yeah, working working in schools for a number of years, you hear both girls and boys sometimes actually come out with quite negative self-image things about themselves, and you just kind of you look at them, especially when they're younger. You look at them, and you think, well, where where have you got that from? You know, you you look absolutely fine. I mean, thank I'm I'm lucky that my my teenage girls, I've got an eighteen year old and a sixteen year old, and they don't seem to have worried too much about that. They're quite they're quite kind of quirky and individual, so I think, I think that's just part of their personality about helps, but. But it, but it does worry me, and and people like Girl Guiding Association over the last few years have have run an annual survey with girls every year, and, in, and increasingly each year, a number of girls that come out and say that they're not satisfied with how they look in terms of you know whether or not they think they're they're attractive or they're beautiful, if they think they they're happy with their body image and their body shape or their body size, it's a growing issue. Um, which was what I was actually going to ask you, Aish, is do you think this is getting better as we move forward in time about these these issues so looking back compared to how you were when you were younger now now you're into adulthood do you think this is generally this whole landscape is getting better online or is it getting worse i think it's a bit of both i'd like i'd like to think i feel more comfortable about myself now but i think it's also i have got to the age i've realized social media just is not real i feel like there's also a lot more influencers now that aren't the stereotypical skinny or bodybuilder and there's a lot more influencers out there that are a lot more inclusive of like just their like their size or different personality traits about them that they're like other lots of people can go I look like that and that's like actually really comforting to see someone like that have such a platform I do think there is still a lot of a lot of photoshopping now I think it's gone to the extreme I swear you can photoshop videos now I've seen some people that if you like if you hold your arms up you could like like pinch your waist in at like a ridiculous size but as long as you don't put their arms down because then their arms like morph in it's now getting sneakier some of the photoshop and what about things like AI as well I don't know exactly we're not quite at the point yet where I, I could go and suddenly make like a an AI generated photo of either of you, but we're not far off. I don't know oh, if you saw the one with the Pope in the big now. white puffy coat the other yep. week. Did you see that one? Yep. So, you know, we're getting we're getting to the point now where we'll be able to make stuff of you that you never did. Yeah. Which it's... which is quite scary for for me, quite frankly. It, yeah, it's quite intimidating. But I think especially in schools, young people need to be reminded almost constantly. Don't believe all the people you see on social media. It will literally lead you down a spiral of just not feeling good about yourself because I would say like the kind of what I just said like my my number one advice would be like just don't compare yourself to people Mm -hmm. even now one of the trending kind of surgeries is like BBL and so many people are dying just to achieve a body standard that is not really real it's not an obtainable thing to do and they're dying because of it yeah, it's also such a temporary phase as well. Yeah. I swear half half the Kardashians have got rid of their BBLs now. Yeah. And they're reverting back to like skinny the skinnier, in. yeah. That was what, 10 years mm-hmm. that trend was in? And now people have gone to like such great lengths, spent so much money, so much pain for these surgeries. And now the trend's gone. You know, some fitness influencers, some of them actually just get their body done and then they just start <gasps> going to the gym and it's like oh yeah like I got the body from the Stop. gym so now some of them have literally come out and they will show you this and they've been like you know what I've decided to come on this platform to share that I actually had a BBO I had a surgery because I don't want people to go out and you know hurt themselves because some people mm-hmm. were and it's just devastating to see that like honestly I always get so shocked that 
like people ha- actually go and do these things because when you even talk about the Kardashians Kardashians even have the money to kind of do it safely oh they can get the best of the best exactly like, surgeons and the average don't so when they go to these places they are literally going to like these quack doctors and they're just cutting them open on the table and, and taking chances and I just think that it's just not what people should be doing no honestly but I think that's a that's a really good point to definitely reiterate several times to young people is don't compare yourself and don't believe everything you see online because it's it's hard to find the line now of what's real and what's not but I also feel like because we're kind of like it's so weird to kind of be like this now because I'm like an adult um (laughs) it's like we can also say this but when you actually when we look back and like at our younger selves and you put yourself in that situation my mind was just not the same no do you know what I mean like because I I don't know. Like, I could have talked to myself, but I don't know if I would have listened. Mm. I don't know about you. I was kind of a stubborn child. I don't know about <laughs> you if you would have listened to yourself, like, telling, like, if you're like, oh, no, like, this isn't real, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't do this. Do you think you would have listened or? I don't actually know. I feel like if someone's like, oh, every photo you see on Instagram is photoshopped, I'd be like, lies. No one's got the time for that. But then it's like when you see Facetune and you see how easy you can make such little tweaks and you're like, oh, my God. I wouldn't be able to tell whatsoever that you've put a full face of makeup on from your phone. It's crazy, isn't it? You've, you've hit like the makeup button and it just like adds Boom. it. And I'm like, and that it looks, looks good. So natural. It's it looks so natural. Good. The makeup That's is the really scary good. part. Really scary part. This is Interface, a podcast from the award winning charity Southwest Grid for Learning. We'll be back in just a minute. The Interface podcast is all about keeping children, young people and education communities safe, happy and confident in everything relating to technology and online life. And the other thing to know is that SWGFL, the people behind Interface, have a whole host of support, tools and resources. We also have a number of helplines available. One of these is Posh, the professional's online safety helpline, which is open to any educators and professionals who need support with an online safety issue. Give us a call. Thanks, Jess. And not only that, schools and other organisations can download the Report Harmful Content button to add to their website to support any user over the age of 13 in reporting anything they experience online that they find harmful or worrying. Also, take a look at our 360-degree safe tools. These tools support a comprehensive, whole-school approach to online safety. There's also Project Evolve, an educational toolkit to support digital competency in children and young people. There is a lot available, and it's free free is always good and you're right Jess it is a lot and I appreciate it's a lot for you to take in listening like this so don't worry if you've been scrabbling around for a pen or you're not sure where the pause or rewind buttons are you can find all of this information online at swgfl.org.uk and you can also find us on twitter and instagram with the handle at swgfl underscore official also we've put all the links you need in the show notes for the interface series that you'll find in your podcast player Thanks again for sticking with us. This is Ailish Hunter, Gareth Court, and Princess Lowell. How do you feel parenting two young girls and kind of growing up with social media as they do? You have to figure it out while they're figuring it out as well with all these like new apps coming up. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, and it's my job as well, so yeah. <laughs> slightly more vested interest. And I'm and I'm quite techy, which I think helps. But mm. 
It's been fascinating because actually the majority of conversations I've ever had with my kids, and I've got a son as well, he's a little bit younger, but all the conversations we've had when it comes to the internet have mainly been about people. You know, yeah, we've had chats about, you know, how you put privacy settings on and how you sort of do this. And we talked about like friends and followers and things. And we've talked, we've had conversations about, you know, how do you spot what's real and what isn't real. But actually most of the conversations have been about human beings and about human nature and it was just fascinating just sitting and listening to you talking about these things around body image and what people are posting and stuff because yes tech is a is a huge factor in this that this you know don't get me wrong the fact that we can create stuff that isn't real the fact that we can edit things that you can photoshop stuff on the fly but actually it's it's about why we as human beings want to want to do it you know and why why do we want to portray ourselves in this way and why do we want to fool people or why do we want people to think this or say this about us and i often find that the safest way both as a parent and and an educator is to keep bringing the conversation back to that because actually the conversations you can have about people and why people do things that they do online and offline and how you say things and how you deal with a tricky situation and how you get help as you were mentioning before Ailish, about things when they go wrong are sometimes the best skills to learn because they're they're life skills and you don't expect to have them all cracked by like the end of year seven or anything you it's a lifelong process and it's one where we have to rely on people at different times and for me that's where that i think the biggest worth is in all of this is just the more you talk about it the more you kind of can know about these things you know just on this episode we've we've heard some things from each other that we didn't know before so we've learned something new this is another point i wanted to make was um i'm not saying we need every school needs a tech wizard who knows the ins and outs of every social media but just someone who kind of understands the basics of this is how you navigate it safely this is how you would report certain things that you're not comfortable with or if you see something you don't agree with or something harmful online these are the platforms you go to for support and for guidance I think that would be massively influential for young people. Did you ever have, like, in secondary school, the e-safety talk? Probably. Again, it was very much uh, geared towards don't bully and then also girls don't send nudes because your life will be ruined and it's out there forever, so good luck getting that back, which is just not true. It's such, like, a, a harsh way to explain it and that's not how we should be explaining it to young people because then that one instills so much fear into anyone who has sent something out there that they're like, oh my God, this is forever. I'm not coming back. Like my my employer one day will Google my name and find this. And that's just not what happens. There's different platforms and support that will help remove the images that support you. And also just because some people are also like coerced into these images and sending this stuff. It's like... It's just not the way we should be talking about it. It's not empowering, is it, basically? And, and you're no, right, it, it no. very much creates a culture of victim blaming. And I think you're not in school anymore because you've left <laughs> school and you've been to university. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You don't have to be quite so happy about that. Um, but, um, you know, we've seen a massive culture shift in schools just over the last decade or so in terms of safeguarding and how they approach this. And it is increasingly recognising that, yeah, children and young people make mistakes online because they're human beings like the rest of us and they do daft things and stupid things they shouldn't do and actually telling them they shouldn't have done it isn't much help in the situation so there's definitely been a a culture shift but I think it's definitely an ongoing process more now than ever before and probably more than than when you were both at school safeguarding is taken as a huge priority so there'll be at least one 
in a small primary school, but more often than not, in any size school, there'll be multiple people who are responsible for safeguarding. And they are the people that, if another teacher hears about something to do with safety of a child and they're worried about it in any way, they pass it on to that person. And that person is, or people are the ones that have got the extra training and take the further steps and action. So they will potentially contact the police, they'll contact social services, they'll reach out to other organisations and helplines and people who might provide help and support. And that could be for safety, could be for mental health, could be for a wide variety of things. So these are like really sort of well embedded in schools now and have been for a number of years now, which which is great. But not all teachers have necessarily that level of expertise and knowledge and they are sometimes the ones that are on the front line and encounter it exactly yeah and sometimes they they just don't know what to do and sometimes you know you might have seen teachers who, who didn't kind of take it too too seriously or look like they're stepping back and i i imagine for most teachers it wasn't a case of that they didn't care about you they, mm-hmm. they probably did care about you a great deal but they probably didn't quite know what it was they were supposed to do to help you exactly having a chat like this i think is really great because we get get to hear your insights and actually it's one of the things that that we can do in school as well yes you've got to find the time but actually asking children yeah. and young mm. people how they feel and yeah. what they want and how you can help them is sometimes the quickest way of helping them rather than just assuming you know how to help them exactly i think that's really important yeah it's a massive learning curve for both teachers and young people i feel like we're all kind of learning and figuring out what we're doing at the same time and everyone's scared of getting it wrong yeah. i think wrong. as well yeah i feel like our Princess, I feel like our generation, we were kind of the guinea pigs 100%. for a lot of the like mass social media that's still about 100%, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, mm-hmm. TikTok. I feel like we're the kind of guinea pigs. And I feel like we've kind of figured it out where we've got enough yeah. safeguarding and also there's a lot more protection for users on the site as well that it's the right step forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when we joined it, it was all just kind of, Give it a couple of years, we'll figure it out. It was a mess, yeah. You can tell us what's wrong. Yeah, it, a lot of it was closing the, the barn door after the horse was bolted, I think, with yeah. safety on social media. I, I do worry a bit, though, about your generation. Yeah. I'm not saying worry about like you two specifically mm-hmm. at the moment, but I think you're you're still guinea pigs in an ongoing experiment, yeah. and I'm not quite sure what impact all of that might have on you in like 20, 30, 40 years' time. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to about teenage years before we really, like, got onto social media I was about 12 mm-hmm. 13 when I really started using and I at best I had like what Instagram and Snapchat so I'm glad I had like a bit of my childhood of just social like, media free I appreciate that as well yeah and you then think the pressure's greater now then oh massively yeah. I feel like young people 100% I feel like also a lot of young people were probably just given like a parent's phone to play with or mm-hmm. something if they're bored and then they have access to all that and then they know how to use it yeah. and it's not that I don't know if there's a pressure to be on it but the fact that they know how to use it they're probably going to use it anyway whereas at least when we were kind of primary school age it wasn't it, wasn't that it didn't deep, exist yeah. it was MSN that was the gist of it I was actually going to say another thing that I would probably like advise for again my younger self or younger people in general is the trends if you look at us when we were like 13 and you look at children that are 13 now with the influx of like social media and how these young children are introduced to it more and more the pressure to keep up with certain trends that are like doing makeup because I know we kind of fell into it when we were like 13 because it it 
you know, we kind of got to that stage and it was like the lashes, the eyebrows. Mm. But now it's a whole, like there are, ch- like my cousin, I look at my cousin and I'm like, oh my days. Like she looks older than me. It's, it's actually yeah. crazy. I was like, this girl looks older than I was like, you need to calm down. Like just chill. I'm still getting ID'd for Red Bull. And See? I swear there's like 15 year olds who could like walk, walk in, in and like yeah. buy a drink. And I'm like, older than what they are. There are some people younger than me. I'm like, you just look amazing. But also, how are you doing yeah. that? Yeah. I like, I feel bad in a sense. What tricks have you learned? Because they've grown up with like, yeah, proper like influencers. And I'm like, yeah. did you learn all that? Because I and need to learn tips. Tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel, I feel bad in a sense because when I was their age, there was a stage where like we were allowed to just dress like children, yeah. behave like children, not have to like do anything. Even like um, recent trends like on TikTok. Do you remember like the bus it, bus it, bus down challenge? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know if you guys, oh my gosh. <laughs> the bus it down challenge, it was like people used to like kind of, they would stand up normal position and they just literally just drop, but they would have changed into a really skimpy, outfit or there was like one with um that was like the doja cat sound and the lights would kind of go black but some people were actually the trend was to like just have a silhouette of your body some people were actually going on it nude and not realizing that you can take off the filters yep yeah. i was like this is crazy <laughs> people were full on just coming on tiktok nude these trends are getting it's- it's not worth control. it. It's just it's not, not worth the hassle. I always thought, what happens when like you go for a job interview and they search up your name, and there's what there's a nude here, there's you trashing a story over here. It's like I don't really know how we're supposed to move forward. And I, I honestly, like I'm, I just don't, I don't know where the the discourse has happened because when, there's not that much of an age gap. But I just don't get it. I really do feel at a loss. So even like. Gareth, like, I don't know, as a parent, because there's even more of a further, like, gap between that. How do you feel with, like, this whole kind of new wave of trends and social medias and things like that? How do you, how are you still able to keep up to date with that? Or um, Mainly from hearing from you. Um, <laughs> you're cringing, you're just sat there going, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Me personally, I take a slightly more holistic look at all of this because you're right you know trends come and go and they always have done they always will do regardless of tech social media everything else it's 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 human beings and how human beings do stuff and i think sometimes the media particularly newspapers and stuff latch onto certain trends and make them out to be far worse than they kind of actually are although you know current trend of some influencers walking into people's house and sitting on their sofas without permission is is an issue and we definitely don't want people all going and doing that because there's there's issues around that but but i think it it is the fact that it is a trend and it is the fact that it is for attention seeking. And that's been true forever since media has been around. And I think discussions, again, I feel like I'm broken record here, but having having a chat about that, talking about the fact that this is something that motivates people to do things and it motivates other people to join in. I think that's sometimes where you can pull it back to some useful advice because then you start going, well, actually, imagine if someone went into your grandma's house and sat down on her sofa and she's really old and she's worried about this. And, you know, how would, how would you feel if that happened? And sometimes sort of bringing, bringing it kind of back to your own real life experiences and how you'd feel if some of these happened to you or people you care about. Sometimes there's a way of cutting through all that noise Mm -hmm. and you get back to like what your, what your morals are, what your values are, where your boundaries are. And I think those kind of things are are really important things to constantly latch back onto because that's, that's like, I'm getting a bit deep now, but that not that just like the fabric of society? Yeah. That's how society works. If you yeah. don't know what those are and you don't 
know how other people feel about those. How how can you decide what's right and wrong? Alex, what would your advice be to someone about kind of keeping safe online and things like that? Just don't post every thought you think of online. Any petty argument you get in with your friends at high school, don't go... <laughs> slagging them off don't go posting about them and like saying like mean things because it will come round. yeah and about you and the bum and what you've both done there through through different examples is, is beautifully highlight another important aspect of all of this that we've kind of only touched upon which is this whole thing about emotions and feelings and H, your example there's a classic example of being able to take a meta moment i'm not sure if you ever heard of this concept this this idea that you can take a pause before you decide what you're going to do next. And it's that pause that's really important because you slow Just down. Just take one minute yeah. when you're really angry and like you've fallen out with your best friend and you're you just want to put it all on Instagram or your Snapchat just take one second to think it through and think is it that deep will this solve it is this going to cause more arguments just take one one second I love the emphasis please please or or even (laughs) or even before you get to that point if you're really angry you might need to go you know not hopefully not punch a wall but you might need to go run run around the block talk to a person you might need to scream into a pillow yeah you might need to go and take some very, very deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Count to ten. Gently bang your head against a brick wall. Because yeah. <laughs> until you do that, you can't make a good decision. Because if you're no. upset, you're angry, you make poor decisions. It's it's human nature. It's the reason cyberbullying happens in many cases. It's the reason other fallouts and things happen online is, you know, if you're angry, you're going to treat people worse. So you have to find a way of getting back to a state where you can kind of look at it a bit more objectively and go, okay, what am mm. I going to do next? And you may you may still get it wrong, but at least you're able to have some choices in there rather than diving in because someone's just said something about your best friend mm-hmm. and you've got to respond in this exact second. Otherwise, you know, everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. These are just, again, these are just life skills. It doesn't have to be about things online. You need to know how to understand how you feel and how that makes you behave. Because the minute you understand that a bit, you start to understand how other people feel and how that might make them behave. Mm -hmm. And the minute you understand that, you can start to generate empathy. You can problem solve tricky situations. You know when it's the good idea to say like the right thing at the wrong time, at the right time or the very worst thing at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And you know the difference. And that it's a skill I think we should teach to politicians as well. But oh, it's, um, <laughs> it's, yes. it's a, it's a good this. skill we all need. Yeah, mm. yeah, you know. And these aren't easy skills, you know. Just, no. As I said, yeah, just have this all wrapped up by the primary school or anything. These are lifelong skills. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really important to recognise as well is that being safe online isn't just a... A one a once a, a year kind of thing. We, no. we, talk, we need to talk about it all the time yeah. because it's part of our day-to-day life. So yeah, it's been it's been so interesting to hear your thoughts today, Alish and Princess. Thanks <laughs> thanks for sharing those, and yeah, thanks for making me feel even older. You're welcome. But I think you've done <laughs> thanks. Um, I think you've done a really good job of actually summing up the, the the important things that actually teachers do need to take on board when they're thinking about how they help children and young people stay safe. Because because online safety isn't just being safe anymore online. It is around media literacy, which is where you're talking about like being able to tell the difference between what's real and fake and who to trust or not to trust. It's about social and emotional learning and intelligence. So it's about understanding your emotions and how they drive your behaviours and they drive the behaviours of others. It's around privacy and security. It's about having some kind of technical skills to protect yourself so people don't hack your account or take your password or get your information or find ways to contact you when you don't want it. It's like a whole mixture of, Mm. of different skills. 
and all of them are, are as important as the others uh, and all of them are kind of needed in different situations so yeah i think i think it highlights it's it's a big old job but talking and having these discussions like we've had today is a is a really great way in to to make it more real for young people as well and help them understand what they can actually do to help themselves and help others too so i think we've reached the end i'm really sad guys because i had such fun talking with you guys I really hope this episode of Interface has been useful. You'll always find links in the show notes of these episodes to learn more about each topic. I've learned lots about makeup in this episode, (laughs) and I hope you have too. (laughs) Um, Before you go off to enjoy your summer holidays or finish that last minute marking or any of the other things that you need to do before term wraps up, please do make sure that you follow us on your favourite podcast app so that our future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device when they are released. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and if you have an iPhone, we're on Apple Podcasts too. And we need your help. The more people that listen to Interface, the more chance we've got of being able to keep sharing the advice and support as we do. Please recommend us to a friend or fellow teacher and you can find us on social media at swgfl underscore official on both twitter and instagram interface is a podcast series from swgfl part of the uk safer internet center this is ailish hunter princess loire and gareth court interface is produced by karis wall with sound design by joel cox and original music from alex fraser it's a bespoken media production Produced by the Spoken Media.